I'm Kilda. And I'm Steph, and this is Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get high and talk about Saturday Night Live. Yes, and tonight we are talking about season 47, episode 14. It aired on March 5th, 2022. It was hosted by Oscar Isaac, and the musical guest was Charlie XCX. I was excited to finally see Charlie XCX get her SNL moment. Right? She deserves it. She really did, and I goofed hardcore. I mean, I was pretty fucking high, but um, I posted something about... Uh, I can't believe I did this. I've never felt older. No. I, I, I It was so... I don't even know what, what, what I'm about to hear, but I, I already know. Like, I'm going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. I mean, I was I called out that. on Twitter, but it was funny, and I, you know, acknowledged it. It was fine. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like um, a big deal. But I said that Dua Lipa's second outfit looked better than her first, and somebody was like, Dua Lipa? What the fuck? And the thing is, I took the post down because there was a grammatical error, and then I posted it again. And then it said the first tweet was deleted, and I was like, do a leap what do they mean? And I was like, oh my god, she's not the fucking musical guest, it's Charlie XCX. And so then I took the second tweet down simply because I was wrong. But, um, yeah, imagine my shock right after I confused Charlie XCX with Dua Lipa, because I gotta say, I'm not exactly up on the latest pop stuff. Um, and they kind of sound similar to me, even though I saw Charlie XCX open for Taylor Swift. She, she's great, but, um, yeah, and then the 10 to 1 had Oscar Isaac reading Bad Dua Lipa fan fiction, and oh I was like, gosh. okay, this is too much of a mindfuck right now. Like, how? So, anyway, yeah, that was my, like, in real time spliff slip. Whoops. <laughs> I feel like there's a... But you know what, Charlie XCX's outfit, the second one, was, in my opinion, better. <laughs> yeah, so we kicked things off in the cold open with this Fox News uh, Ukrainian invasion celebration. It was a Tucker Carlson or Ingram special, you know. And so I was really happy to see... Uh, Kate McKinnon and Alex Moffat open up the episode. It feels like the turnaround time for Kate McKinnon's TV show was mad short. Like, what the fuck? They were she was just filming it, and now I'm seeing it's on Peacock. I haven't watched it, but it's on Peacock. That's just what this is crazy. I, this is madness. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I mean, I'm meaning to, but I'm currently watching Succession season three again. So, whoops. Um. Yeah, I really, but going into this, I really wanted it to be the State of the Union because I needed to see Cecily Strong and potentially Chloe Feynman do Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene screaming at Joe Biden. But this, I, you know, I was like, okay, nope, that's obviously not it. But the live from Mar-a-Lago raising money for Russian oligarchs was such a good take. And uh, yeah, I mean, everybody... There were a lot of people in this in terms of, I mean, Aristotle Atari, Melissa Villasenor were in the background kind of taking phone calls. There was the obligatory James Austin Johnson as Trump. Um, Talking about Rihanna's baby body. Oh, my oh fucking my God. God. The Something that really stood out to me and it didn't um, 
not it wasn't the most appropriate joke, but I believe it was Laura Ingram that said uh, "niet" means "da," and I was like, "No means yes," but it was in Russian. Oh geez, that that was that went way over my head. I was like, "What the fuck uh-huh. is happening right now?" Yeah, no, and so that, okay. I was like, "Wow, they really went there." Um, we had Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle and Mikey Day and Cecily Strong um, doing a really bad cover of Shallow, I believe. Shadow, it, whatever yeah, the Lady I'm Gaga, not quite sure. Yeah, whatever the whatever the song from uh, fucking A Star Is Born was, they did like a bad cover of that, and then Mikey Day was like, "Is there a bathroom with a mirror counter nearby?" AKA Coke. And um, to the Alex Moffat's response saying, of course, it's Mar-a-Lago. I, I, yeah, it was an underrated line. Yeah, that actually, I did not notice that um, line and that whole cold open. But this, um, to me, reminded me of uh, after the invasion of Afghanistan, SNL had a sketch where they broke into song. And that was kind of going around on Twitter just like last week um, because people were like sort of commenting on how it's sort of insincere. But really, if you like watch it, it's like satire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's we just saw that. Um, and I learned how to do multiple windows on my iPad. So I have the Reddit <laughs> who wrote what thread pulled up right next to my notes Wow. Yeah. So the cold open, Fox News Ukraine, it says it was written by Colin Jost. I assume he had help, but that's all that it says. So. Man. Yeah, he definitely had help. But like yeah. that, that sounds like Colin. Yeah, it really fucking does. Um, we went into the monologue, which was written by Mike DiCenzo, Jake Nord, and Jake Nordwind. Um, and also guest writers on this episode were Dave McCary and Anna Dresden wrote jokes for update. So they're still in contact, I'm guessing. Um, yes, as most relationships go, uh-huh. it's not on and off like that. Um, <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> um, I was shocked to hear that after years of Oscar Isaac talking shit about Disney and how, like, that experience was for him and, like, how he was so pissed off that they made him play, like, a drug dealer in the last Star Wars movie. Um, now he's going to be in the Marvel universe. Uh, but I loved them using this as a way to show this fucking home movie, The Avenger. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah. Honestly, like, I... I was, I don't want to say it was ambivalent on Oscar Isaac. He's obviously, you know, an attractive man. But, like, he's doing this monologue, and I was like, oh, my God. I think I get why people are like, oh, my God, Oscar Isaac. He was hot. He was sexy. He was funny. He fucking did everything this episode threw at him. And I I cannot wait to see him host again, because we all know it's coming. If he's going to be, if he's yeah. going to be a fucking Avenger in an, in an Avengers movie... Like, we all know it's going to happen. He did so well last night. Yeah, he fits right in with this cast. Um, I think because he seems to have been such a, you know, nerdy little theater kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I loved how they ended up 
or they ended that little sort of monologue giving him that prop sword that was fucking huge um the props department is always on their shit in the show god damn they really are but like that's that knife lick that sword lick holy shit yeah like, i i don't There's know that i've ever been turned on by someone licking a knife before but there i was last night questioning everything along with everybody else on twitter that was like what the fuck yeah truly what the fuck it's almost too hot for tv yeah um so we went from this into a paw patrol uh sort of based sketch and while i normally love making fun of kids shows uh I just wasn't, like, most of the punchlines in this didn't really hit for me, unfortunately. Yeah, it was, like, the same joke just done, like, for each fucking animal on Paw Patrol. Yeah. Um, this was written by Mikey Day, Tesha Kondrat, Streeter Seidel, and Brian Tucker. Um, I... Yeah, it was it was funny. The only things that really stuck out to me were six dogs can't protect a city the size of San Diego. There was a 911 call for an overdosing girlfriend and the kid just like hung up the phone. And I was like, "Oh my fucking god, that's horrific." But I laughed out loud. Yeah. Um, and then the plot twist at the end where the ad is like this guy you think he's campaigning against the mayor. <laughs> And Oscar Isaac was, please help me get my wife out of office. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, I thought you were saying how the last thing was that it was paid for by cats. Um, oh, <laughs> that was fucking funny too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that. So those were the highlights, but yeah. The highlights had nothing to that, do with the fucking sketch. It was just random shit that was, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And Andrew Dismukes is a 17-year-old who couldn't read. And he's like, of course he can read. He's like, yeah, I know. I don't know the letters or what they mean when you put them in or like he he knows his letters but not vowels next to consonants or something and it was like okay sir i love his typical bim no himbo character himbo i like that i haven't heard that that's quite widely used and i can't believe i almost miss himboed him <laughs> well you say it's quite widely used to the woman who twice confused Dua Lipa with Charlie XCX last night, so I definitely ain't no that slang. Um, but Andrew Dismukes is, like, a young, dumb kid. How does... How? Because, like, I know he's better than that, but he just nails that trope so well. Mm-hmm. Something about him. I don't know. And then we went into the the first pre-tape of the night, which was Inventing Chloe. And I haven't seen Inventing Anna? Anna? I don't know. So maybe I didn't get some of the jokes that were here, but um, I did laugh quite hard at (laughs) when she walked up to Michael Che and she was like, I'm doing update now. And he just gets up and leaves. Yeah, with his suitcase. (laughs) With his suitcase. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's basically, it was just this Russian scamster and she like got people in new york to like pay for things and she's like oh yeah just put it on my bill and by the time they figured out her bill was like her cards weren't real she'd racked up like millions and millions of dollars of tabs and things and everybody just assumed she was a russian so she's like oh it's all tied up in like you know money customs or whatever the fuck they call it so she was basically just making people, she got people to just do shit for her because she was young and pretty and they thought she was rich. Um, 
like the Tinder swindler type situation, but kind of yeah. But she was like a it, God. Do, do you know anything about this story? This was like all I the fucking there, rage right before I left. It was like a New Yorker article about it or something that I read. Okay, yeah. but I don't really remember much about anything that I read or watch or even listen to. <laughs> yeah. I liked that it ended with Kate McKinnon kind of snapping Chloe Fineman back to reality. And she's like, okay, fine. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll stop it. And Kate McKinnon just pulls the glasses out and said, there can only be one Delvey here. So, yeah. Just love to see Kate McKinnon. We Oh, and that was written by... Rosebud Baker, Mike DiCenzo, Chloe Feynman, Jake Nordwind, and Ben Silva. And then we went into the Workplace Harassment Seminar. Um, Who wrote this? Oh, this... I must know. ...was written by Martin Herlihy, John Higgins, Colin Jost, and Ben Marshall. So this was a Please Don't Destroy plus Colin Jost. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. About now. <laughs> no, because okay, I forget that the Please Don't Destroy guys are writers on the show. It's not just them doing Please Don't Destroy. That's like an additional thing. And right so when I see their name elsewhere, I'm like, wait, what are you doing? Like, wait, oh right, you do other shit. So yeah, that I'm surprised. This but sketch honestly, makes more sense. It, okay, it makes more sense. And if I had known that going into this sketch, I probably would have enjoyed it more because you can kind of not hear the writers, but like you know the influence and it kind of gives you a bit of insight, if that makes sense. Yeah, I could see them. Like, I don't know why they didn't do a Please Don't Destroy video at the beginning of this, but. Um... Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't pre taped, so I get it. But yeah, I, guess, I don't yeah, know. It's not a video in that sense. It's what? just them. I, yeah, it's not a video in that sense. Not right. that I think about it. So um, it's like I don't know how they would have. But honestly, I now want to go back and watch it with that lens because I think I'll enjoy it more. And how bad is that? That I'm like, oh well. But again, as you get to know the different writers' styles, and now that I have discovered this, who wrote what page? Because again, <laughs> I fucking I'm an idiot. I just had no idea. We'll never have an issue with credits again. Um, you know what? I've definitely seen that thread on reddit but i always just like forget about it by the time it's time to record <laughs> the perfect time to, to know about or to be on a thread right on reddit the literal like epicenter of online research that is serious um <laughs> but yeah with this sketch now it just makes so much more sense that they had that switch to the raw intercourse jokes yeah <laughs> like yeah which did make me laugh oh um it was so fun. I've never been more, like, spine-tingled, cringed by a phrase, yet laughed because, like, you knew they were just going to keep coming back to it, but you didn't know when. Um, it was Oscar Isaac, Cecily Strong. They were brought in to do a workplace harassment seminar, but they're, like, doing everything the opposite. And apparently Keenan, I can't remember, maybe his name was I, uh, Kevin. It was Kevin. Kept, like, they were like, we're here to talk about your anonymous complaints. And then they're like naming all of the complaints and who said what. And I never, I'm uh, on those workplace survey shit, you never say anything too, uh, too bad. Because you, it, bullshit, it's anonymous. They can tell who's submitting what. Anyway. Um, 
Yeah, it was from a company called It Could Be Worse. And Lord knows I've been there, so. That was fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I got to that, I was like, okay, this is... Mm-hmm. Now this makes so much sense that it's Please Don't Destroy. Wow. The next sketch was was very clearly a Sarah Sherman sketch. Um, I liked how uh, the beginning sort of referenced that classic like second grade story that you read where the girl has a ribbon around her neck that she won't take off and then she gets married to a boy and takes it off and her fucking head just falls off. It's great. I love that story. Made me want to be a writer. Wow, okay. I did not know that. Um, so, yeah... Somebody on Twitter remarked, and I was just going to comment how normal, that like, oh, Sarah looks normal. And everybody, I think I kind of assumed it was going to be a Chris Red thing, because normally he has like a music bit or something like that. I too thought her head was going to roll off, and I figured, you know what, that's very Sarah Sherman. She, I mean, this was a music bit, to be fair. Okay, it was, but it does not look like Chris Red was involved in the writing. This was written by Dan Bulla and Sarah Sherman. So, and no surprise there. Um, yeah. But I was expecting her head to fall, or I was expecting her head to fall off and then Chris Red to sing about it. It did not go that way. Subverted um, our expectations by putting a meatball there. Yeah. Meatball. It was, it was a little meatball guy on her neck, and he was, like, singing. And then he's like, Chris Red is like, is that a little arm sticking up from your shirt? And it was A.D. Bryant. And then Sarah Sherman's like, oh, yes, and they do harmonize. And she just proceeds to, like, strip, and more of these meatballs are all over her body. And then it turns into a full-on kind of musical sketch where they're singing this little song, um, Bo and Yang like to eat cheese. That was his thing. And Charlie XCX was one of the meatballs. Yeah, and Sarah Sherman was the vomiting one. Yeah, that was gross. That was disgusting. And then Chris Red's like, nah, I'm out. And all the meatballs are like, oh, no. So then he reconsiders because they sing a little song about love. And um, they kiss. And he's like, oh, my God, what's in my mouth? And she's like, oh, I forgot to mention it's highly contagious. And then it cuts to Chris Red's uvula, and it's Sarah Sherman, and she pukes. And that was how the sketch ended. And to be perfectly honest, it was so fucking weird, but that song, like, was so ridiculous. Like, how the fuck do you come up with that? Like, it had Sarah Sherman's name all over it. And I was so happy to see her getting, like... And again, I wish that Melissa Villasenor would get a spotlight like this, but at the same time, to see a first-year... 28 year old featured like featured player get this much time and get such a prominent spot with such a wacky idea i love weird snl yeah and i might be mistaking this in my mind but was this the sketch where there was a weird interlude of like animated meatballs and colors and yes i love shit like that i love when they get like other departments in doing something big like that it was trippy i've I was like, who the fuck came up with this? Sarah, Sarah Sherman. Denboro. Yeah. Um, not gonna lie, I was on her Twitter feed a while back, and she was, like, holding something of, like, an eyeball that was, like, squ- and I was like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I was not, ex- and again, nothing against it. I was just very surprised. Nothing and against the eyeball. 
then all of the articles that were like, huh, shock slash gore artist Sarah Sherman, like artist comedian, was hired by SNL. That's a weird move. And that makes a lot more sense now. But at the same time, if this is the kind of weird, funny shit, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm so here for that. Um, And I was also not pleased. I don't know if I said also, but I was just not pleased with (laughs) Charlie XCX's nails and her performance. Looking at them, it just made me squirm. It made me tense up. I didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't like the nails. I didn't like the boots. I liked the curtains. I have curtains like that on my patio for summer. But that was about (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah, and I felt like Weekend Update had a lot sort of writing on it to be a strong Weekend Update after what came before. Yeah. What preceded it, if you will. It was Weekend Update was very strong. Um, yes. There were lines in Lindsey Graham pictured here with the with the exact same look he gets at the urinal, um, and it was about Lindsey Graham basically tweeting and calling for the assassination of Vladimir Putin this week, and Colin Jost's response saying it's a shocking example of Lindsey Graham kind of being right about something. My favorite was when they talked about New York City lifting the requirement that restaurants pretend to look at vaccine cards, and the next variant says, finally. Um, That's really, yeah, that's kind of what I am thinking (laughs) in my head. Basically, and I saw some tweet the other day that was like, this time, you know, the, the time period between variant lulls or variant surges is so precious. It was like the three weeks between variant surges. It's like they're not wrong. Um, yeah. We had uh, Kate McKinnon on Florida's "Don't Say Gay" bill, which was written by Allison Gates, Kate McKinnon, and Celeste Yim. It featured Kate McKinnon singing "Gay, Gay, Gay" to "Smoke on the Water," which was wonderful. Yeah, I think this was a great way for her to question, like what the hell is going on in Florida right now? Yeah, I mean, Florida, Texas. I mean, Texas yeah, is... the uh, country, f- if you will. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... I thought it was a really great way. It was on the level. I still think I like Cecily Strong's uh, The Clown Who Had an Abortion at 23 better. That was quite powerful. Right. But this was, like, right up there in terms of that because you obviously it's an issue that's close to her heart. She's a lesbian. But, yeah, I, I I thought it was a great spotlight. And I love that she ended with the line that it's the gayest law she's ever seen. Uh, yes. I don't know if she ended with that line. I mean, I just made that part up. But <laughs> No, she yeah, did, she did honestly, say that. Well, yeah. and there was another, the, the one line that I fucking cackled at. She's like, what? So one kid, uh, oh, because Colin Joe said it's, you know, law, so kids don't come home with questions that make their parents uncomfortable that they have to answer. And Kate McKinnon's like, what? So one pair, one kid says, oh, I live with my parents, and the other kid's supposed to say, I live in a house with two adult men who bought me when I was young? Hey, that's not going to raise any questions. <laughs> Although, is that not what adoption fucking is? <laughs> it is. I know, but at at heart it's a good thing, but yeah, Yeah. that is what it is. 
It is what it is. Um, but yeah, no, I I loved this, and then we went into a few more uh, jokes, if you will, uh, a, a classic cops or pigs, and that study about the brain shrinking from alcohol. I learned that this week from TikTok, so huh. I love to see it on update. Okay. Um, we had Pauline, port, uh, the weary mother in her darkest hour, played by Egon Wodum. This was written by Anna Dresden, Allison Gates, and Egon Wodum. Fucking love how many women writers were in this episode. Also, how many women writers are on staff right now? Like, yeah, fucking love that. Hang on, I accidentally hit back on my credits. So, um, yeah, no, so it was really great seeing all of that. Um, the line that, um, the lines that fucking absolutely sent me during this were her look at her saying, oh, look at Rihanna, you know, fashion week. She looks like she's going to a sex funeral. And that was my favorite line too. It was, it was accurate. Like (laughs) great description of that. I mean, she looks so good and she looks happy. You know, I don't care if she never sings again. You know, like she has her Fenty line, she has her underwear thing. Like she, she yeah, good for her. Do you think she quit singing? singing? I think so. I think she's done. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she she has more than enough money, and she yeah, doesn't like true. touring. And it's like you know, she's having a kid. She has money. Why not just enjoy your life? You know, you did the pop star thing. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, if I had fuck you money like that, I'd be like, all right, bye. Yeah, um, if I had that kind of money, I would do so much. Oh my God, so much. First, I'd pay off my student loans and my credit card debt. Then I'd buy a house. I'd get some things and for the cats. Oh my God, yes. Like, you know, like an actual like cat room. I want tunnels. I want bridges. Yeah. I see this tiktok where people have like a little room i mean it's like a closet or something uh-huh. and they have a little furniture in it for their little pets as in like dogs or cats yep no 100 percent. i've seen those and i that is sadly something that comes up on my for you page more often than not um a girl at work showed me a picture of someone that did um like catwalkways down a hallway and they're like decorated on the bottom but carpet on the top and they zigzag and that's what i'm doing with jane the next time she comes out here so yeah um there was one last line in this bit that i fucking laughed at uh pauline egonotum said you know you haven't been to one appointment yet for this baby he's like what do you mean my baby she's like oh don't you play dumb with me yeah, let's, uh, I said, let's use protection. You looked me in the eye and said, baby, it don't feel the same. And Michael Che was like, yeah, it sounds like me, actually. Sorry. And just again, just so fucking funny. So. Yeah, her character brought up a lot of really great, just mm-hmm. sort of, I don't know, ideas about the differences between her life and fucking Rihanna's life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that ending with, Che was like the cherry on top uh, to that piece. 100%. And then we went into A.D. Bryant's sketch Sexual Woman. <laughs> um, and I 
think the asides were important in terms of knowing sort of where this was coming from, but at times it sort of took me out of the narrative, and I wish that the, like, her and Oscar Isaac scenes were, I don't know, maybe a little bit more, but they were quite a lot now that I think about it. Um, yeah, it did kind of, it was over the top. Um, this was, it's, oh, and this was written, 80's Dream is written by A.D. Bryant, Allison Gates, Claire O'Kane, and Celeste Yim. Uh, and she said, if I played 150 of these sweet, nurturing women, an aunt, you know, whatever, they said I could write a sketch of my very own choosing. And she's written sketches like this before, as in the one where Harry Styles played her dog and then became a human, and they're just kind of like all over each other. But it really gave very strong women writing roles for themselves where they get to be all over a really hot host. And holy shit. I mean, it's so relatable. If I, I would do the fucking same thing. You know? How Oscar can I, is a good choice. How can I get myself... This, how can I get myself, like, chests touching with this man? Like, d- goals, baby, goals! Um, she did Again, it. signs that sexuality is not a choice, because I, I, men are pretty, but, meh. I guess I do still like men. He's pretty. Yeah, men do kind of be that way, I, I, but... I, 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 was, I was trying to just be like, ah, oh, no, I'm just gonna move on from men. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I think I like playing both sides of the field here. Um, Men are people too, unfortunately. They are. <laughs> They're not all terrible, unfortunately. I have to send you a TikTok after this. It is incredible. It's possible. I'm not much of a poetry person, but this is probably the best reading slash poetry I've ever seen. So. I'm always down to receive a TikTok. Uh, yeah, okay. So it was basically just A.D. Bryant, and they were like, she was like, sit on my lap, you, what was it, sit on my lap, you silly bitch or something, or? I don't remember. All I remember (laughs) is that they used a lot of boner talk in this sketch that seemed surprising to me on NBC at this time. Yeah, a lot of boner talk. That being said, I mean, what was it? Three, oh, more than that. With the Willem Dafoe episode was basically dick jokes with a bow on top. Like, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of dick jokes this season, and honestly, I mean, I wasn't upset, but it was a lot. That being said, the interludes of Ad Bryant being like, and so I convinced Oscar Isaac this is a recurring sketch. And my catchphrase is, and it was like, get over here and sit on my lap. It was, yeah, that was funny how she explained how it was like the behind the scenes, quote unquote. Um, obviously staged, but yeah, it was very writing. Yeah, I, I liked it. <clears throat> yeah, she always makes me laugh. Um, and then the next sketch was another person who always makes me laugh, Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Oh, and Keenan Thompson had his 1500th sketch appearance for the night, or of his career, last night, and that was Meatballs. Congratulations to him on his Meatballs win. <laughs> yeah, so this was In Over Your Head. It was Keenan as a re- renovation show host, sponsored by Thumb Ice. And it was basically a show where he brings people on and they talk about how they tried to do things themselves and it failed. 
Uh, there was a millennial who tried to build his own pool, someone who tried to do his own electrical, a third person, I can't remember. And then Ego Nuotum comes in and she's like, get out of here, you're doing this thing again? Like, what the hell? This hasn't been fixed, that hasn't been fixed, you ruined this, you can't fix anything. And, yeah, I don't know. The highlight of this sketch for me was Oscar Isaac and how he was able to stay serious as he delivered some of these ridiculous ass lines. But other than that, yeah, it wasn't really a top sketch for me. No, it was kind of, it was a good idea, but I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't my thing. Yeah, the concept had promise. <laughs> um, and then we had Charlie XCX's performance of Baby, which featured amazing choreography. I really loved the background dancer's energy. Yeah, no, the choreography was great. Her outfit was great. She was not Dua Lipa. This was when I realized she was not Dua Lipa. Um, <laughs> God. I, like, I, I, was tur- I was sitting on my floor because I haven't put my TV on the wall yet. So it was leaning up against a couch. And I was sitting on the floor and I was just turning red. I was just like, oh my fucking God. Wait, so why wasn't the TV on the floor and you on the couch? That's my question. <laughs> because the couch wasn't set up yet at that point in time. Oh, hate that you have to set up couches. The one that I have came from Wayfair and to set it up was a fucking bitch because it's physically impossible, like, yeah. according to the instructions, you know? Yeah, no, that, the, the blue that couch in. that Steve has was from Wayfair, and it was surprisingly easy to get together once we figured out how it was supposed to go together. But no, I would have had the couch set up for SNL, but there's a it's a very, you know what couch I'm talking about, that one. Yes. Yes, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but there's a very specific way you have to put it together. And I had the cushion part right, but the arm, like the stand part, flipped. And so when I went to flip it over, it wouldn't do this because it was backwards. So I had to take it apart and switch the legs. And at that point, I had like two minutes until SNL started. So sadly, it didn't happen. But it will next week. Yeah, sometimes, you know, gotta take a break, Handy Manny. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, and then we went into the final sketch of the night. Oh, Home Repair Show was written by Dan Bulla, Colin Jost, and Nicole Sun. Fiction Workshop was written by Billy Domino and Will Steven. Great. So Fiction Fiction Workshop was quite the interesting, quite the unique way to introduce some uh, self-insert Dua Lipa erotic fanfiction. Uh, also quite interesting that they're talking about Dua Lipa in Charlie XCX's show. I don't know. If I was Charlie XCX, I'd be a little bit like, hmm, what the fuck? I'd be like, <laughs> to say it. what the fuck? And then it completely threw me because they were talking about, this was like minutes after. And I was like, all right. Um. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, wait, was she? No, no, this has nothing to do with it. But, yeah, it was um, students in a fiction in a fiction workshop, and the custodian comes in, Oscar Isaac, and A.D. Bryant is like, oh, come read us your work. And he's like, no, no. And he starts reading this really bad erotic, like, 
softcore erotic fan fiction. And nobody's into it except, I want to say it was Chris Red and Mikey Day? It was Chris Red and James Austin Johnson. James Austin Johnson. Okay, those white boys. I fuck. Why yeah. do I get everyone confused with Mikey Day? I don't know. Um, no, that's fair. He's. Uh, it's hard. And every time I'm gonna be honest with you, the way that I know is I have to go back in my head and picture the one who I remember hyping himself up before his sketch when I went to go see it live because like that that was a. Like, the most memorable thing about him. Otherwise, he does kind of tend to blend into the whole James Austin Johnson, Andrew Dismukes, Mikey Day, like well, Alex, Alex Moffat. They, yeah. They're all kind of like, I hate to say it, just dudes. So, well, and the thing <laughs> is, is that, like, I find Alex Moffat attractive. I find Mikey Day attractive. Like, so it's not even like there's one where I'm like, oh, it's not him because he's not as a, like, I'm equal. Yeah, it's sorry, guys. Um, and yeah, Jim Jason Johnson had a lot in this episode. I just realized he did. Um, and well, he and he hasn't been in the past few, so they're yeah. really doing a they're doing a better job of like I don't even know if it's on purpose, but they're rot- it seems like they're rotating more cast members in and out. They are. I did not see any punky. Did not see any punky the week before, um, or at least to my like memory. Oh no, so, she was she was she was the subway conductor in John. Oh my Lee. god, yeah. Yeah. Um no, yeah. there's no punky. I saw subway churros being sold just yesterday. <laughs> Please, you didn't, right? No, I, I had just come back from a wonderful little bakery. Nice. Yeah. Um Yeah. And the fiction workshop ends with A.D. Bryant, like, and everyone leaving, and the two guys lean in to hear chapter two, because it was apparently 850 pages long. Sounds like some fan fiction I read when I was, like, 12. But basically, <laughs> I remember a story about, oh, this is real weird, Jude Law, because Jude Law was, like, all the fucking rage when I was, like, 12, 13. Interesting. Yeah, no, he had like six movies in one year. He was like the sexiest man alive. It was like a whole thing. And then he like started like balding, aging badly. And then he like buzz cut his hair and he kind of got fit again. Maybe had some work done. Because I saw him like a year ago and I was like, oh, god damn, Jude Law's kind of hot again. And that was the last time I thought of Jude Law. So, (laughs) (laughs) we had one cut for time. It was a pre-tape, Arrow Toilet. I was not a fan of the potty humor. No. I hate to say it. I, yeah, I was, <laughs> it's just not my thing. I can see why it was cut. Um, oh, yeah. Like, like, I can too. Yeah, it was just not, it was like, oh, you can have a toilet anywhere. And it's like, oh, cool, this is my study. I'm going to poop here. And it's like, what? no, you know what? Like, how, what? And then you have to, what, clean it out? I hated this. This looked like every single bad dream I've ever had yeah. where I'm going to the bathroom for some reason and but like everybody can see me and I can't control it yeah no and there are no writers <laughs> associated with this on the who wrote what so I have no idea um, yeah that's just a mystery maybe we'll find out one day maybe we won't but uh, yeah honestly I'd be fine not knowing because I don't even want to be like oh they wrote that it, I, it, it can stay yeah, a mystery actually yeah um what was your nope of the night? So my nope of the night, let me look. This is honestly pretty tough. Um, I think 
the the inventing Chloe pre-tape just didn't hit wow you know the right spot for me you know what just you know what hit the right spot the hit that I <coughs> the hit that I just took yeah <laughs> the right spot you because did. I'm coughing well yeah oh god true. I'm gonna be fucking stoned out my mind in like half an hour and I'm gonna be like ah! um what was your uh, my... worst? Not worst, but you know, it just wasn't your favorite. Yeah, um, I want. Right now, I'm tied between Paw Patrol and In Over Your Head. I think I'm gonna go with In Over Your Head simply because there were some things in Paw Patrol that hit for me, whereas In Over Your Head just kind of was a wash. Yeah. Wait. I'm really high right now and i don't remember what i just said was it paw patrol because that's my answer actually okay no you said inventing chloe i was surprised oh yeah again i mean no it's let me refer to my notes (laughs) Uh, actually i don't know (laughs) all right do we want to have okay so why don't we just put you in a tie for inventing Mm -hmm. chloe slash paw patrol i feel like that is safe if you cannot decide like, that's basically if, like, it gets down to Cooking it and I can't... Stars. Yeah, I, I think I'm good with ties if you can't decide. But, like, I was just like, okay, some, there were some things in Paw Patrol that hit and nothing in in over your head hit. So it's in over your head. Mm. I think that the runner-up... This is really tough for me to choose a runner-up and a favorite uh-huh. and... I'm also going to have to leave out something that I thought was great. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I'm going to say my runner-up is the monologue for the use of Oscar Isaac's home movie. Okay. Wow. I thought it was yeah. cute. I thought it was good. I thought Oscar Isaac really leaned into the whole, like, I'm sexy, I'm here, I'm down. Like, I'm going to make fun of myself with this monologue so people know I'm game. Like, it really set a good vibe for the show. I'm curious, yes. what was the thing that you're leaving off that you thought was great? The cold open. Okay. Yeah, I... <clears throat> so, right now... Yeah. Because my runner-up was either cold open or weekend update. And... I'm going to have to go with my runner-up being weekend update. Wow. That was actually my top. Really? Nice. Yeah, the two correspondents, all the, you know, all the Che Jost jokes. It was great. Everything hit in Weekend Update, yeah. Um, The only reason, well, and what was your best? Oh, no, you said, you just said your best. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the only reason Weekend Update wasn't my best was because I fucking enjoyed meatballs so much. Wow. Made me kind of hungry, I'll say that. (laughs) I just, it was so fucking bizarre. And even though at first I was a little grossed out, I was like, okay, now they're harmonizing. This is fucking ridiculous. And maybe I was just the right amount of high because this really, like, I don't think if I was sober it would have hit as much. But, yeah. It was ridiculous. It was quite ridiculous. And I can't imagine watching it not high. Yeah, no. Because, yeah. Fuck. It was just silly. 
And now I feel bad mm-hmm. because before I put meatballs into the top slot, I had the cold open as my runner-up and weekend update is the best. And we both kicked the cold open to the curb. Yeah, and it, it the thing is, is like the cold open was really good. Mm-hmm. Fuck. I don't always think that. Sometimes I'm just like not like sometimes I feel like the cold open puts me in a mood that I don't want to be in for the beginning of SNL. Yeah, but this time it worked. Yeah, Because sometimes it did. it's just like, okay, we've been here before. The presidential address, or this, or, yeah. <sighs> Fuck. You know what? Fuck it. I mean, no. <laughs> I, 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 I have to switch it. I have it's to It's a Sophie's choice. It. It's a Sophie's choice. It, it, no, Gilda's it's choice. cold open is my runner-up and weekend update is my best. Yes. That's, that's, that. where, that's where I'm at. You know, I liked meatballs, but... Just because I liked it doesn't mean it was the best sketch. Yeah. All right. Right. That's yeah. my, again, I'm very high. I have been smoking on and off the past few days simply because I'll like get into unpacking a box and forget. And then I'm like, oh God, it's been two hours, three hours. I should take a hit. Um, but yeah, so that's it for us. Um, next week we will have coverage of Rosalia I think they said Rosalia last night Rosalia yeah yeah I know I thought so too I was like oh fuck that time she was on with was it Bad Bunny or yeah yeah it was yeah um but yeah so because I know I called her Rosalia then but the announcer whoever it was said Rosalia and Zoe Kravitz who okay so excited yeah, so uh, there's something I have to tell you after this, but I don't feel the need to have a bunch of Taylor Swift stuff to edit out. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Um, <laughs> it's just, That's it's just so not... funny because I wanted to bring up something Taylor Swift related to, but I held back. Okay. <laughs> so, She's yeah. on my mind as well. <laughs> Once we stop the recording, we can dish about that because I was just like, yeah, no, nah, it's like, fuck that. I, I can't, I can't edit out. <laughs> 15 minutes of Taylor Swift discourse again. We can't again. doing this. Been there, done that, we got it. It's like, we have a fucking Taylor Swift corner where we just completely veer 90 degrees to the left, talk about Literally. Taylor Swift and gay shit, and then go back to SNL. Like, it has absolutely nothing to do with anything in the world, but we have a Taylor Swift corner. Um, we should pa- Patreon that, honestly. <laughs> gay Taylor Swift. The gay Taylor Swift. <laughs> corner of Saturday Night High. Dude, have you listened to The Archers? N- no. It's a Gaylor the Archers? Swift. It's a Gaylor Swift podcast. Whoa. It's a ga- it's like they discuss like gay shit about Taylor and like theories behind songs and you got to listen to it. It's so fucking good. Hell yeah. Okay. So um yeah, we are where you we are wherever you find all made all the podcasts wherever you're listening to this now. Um we have don't forget to like subscribe rate and review it takes like 30 seconds and it's super helpful we have a website satinlighthighpod.com and if you want to shoot us a longer message we are satinlighthighpod at gmail yes and we're on social media reddit youtube twitter and our username is at satinlighthighpod night is spelled n-i-t-e on twitter uh, and until we hit you with season 47, episode 15. Hey, I'm 
I'm Gilda. There's something else I'm forgetting. No. Yeah. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I'm Steph, and I'm happy high. highs. Happy highs. <laughs>